What's going on, everybody? This is Patriot Underground here. I just want to say a couple words on behalf of a couple of amazing sponsors of this show, grassfed in usa.com slash Patriot Underground and switch hyphen stores.com slash Patriot Underground. You're going to see links for both of those in the description. And I just want to tell folks, first of all, the grass fed beef is absolutely incredible. We're talking about farm to table, no mRNA injections, no antibiotics, no hormones, no magnets sticking to your beef. The incredible flavor, folks, I can't even get over it. The filet mignon is my favorite, but they have ribeye, ground beef, all different cuts at prices that, quite frankly, are stunning. I was, I was shocked at how low the prices are, considering the quality of what you're getting shipped directly to your door. This is a no-brainer, folks. Check it out and switch hyphenstores.com slash Patriot Underground is the place to go to do all of your shopping for your household and your personal items. This is a no-brainer, folks. We have to create a new economy. We have to vote with our dollars, with our financial resources. Hopefully, there'll be U.S. notes pretty soon. But certainly, our financial resources, our energy has to be directed toward companies and toward causes that are aligned with us spiritually politically and in every other way that it's going to take for us to take this across the finish line. It's incumbent upon us to shop with the good guys and to defund the cabal to the best of our ability by ditching the big box conglomerates. So switch hyphen stores.com slash Patriot underground links in the description and grass fed in USA.com slash Patriot underground. Check them out today, folks. You're going to absolutely love it. All right. Enjoy the show, everybody. Patriot out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is October 19th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So today, it's my pleasure to welcome my good friend Jim Willie back to the show for another update. He's certainly no stranger to this audience, but for those out there still getting acquainted with the truth movement, for all those new people out there, I will say that Jim is one of the top financial forecasters in the world. He is the editor of the website golden-jackass.com, where folks should definitely go and sign up for his famous hat trick newsletter, which is Jim's monthly breakdown of this historic financial transition that we're all living through. And he provides really top-notch analysis, much of which you're going to hear today. And if you go to golden-jackass.com by clicking the link in the description, you can also sign up for one-on-one -on -one consultations, and you can get direct FaceTime with Jim to discuss your finances and get his professional insight into how to brace yourself for the eye of the storm, which we all know is coming. And on that note, before we get started, I will say this. I know that Jim is also an advocate, as I am, for precious metal accounts. So just a quick plug for those of you out there listening who have an IRA, who have a 401k account that's tied to the stock market and hence the U.S. dollar, which is, of course, gradually being isolated primarily by way of the BRICS de-dollarization alliance. We're going to discuss that tonight. I highly recommend you go ahead and click the link in the description for patriotundergroundgold.com and find out how simple it is to transition your retirement savings into precious metal assets. So this is a no-brainer, folks. Everybody out there knows we are on the cusp of an unprecedented shift away from this financial debt-based economy that we've been saddled with for our entire lives. But indeed, change is coming. And making moves like this is going to prepare you very well for what's to come. So once again, Jim, it's great to see you again, my friend. Welcome back to the show. 
Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, in, in the last month, we've we got a new crisis. We have a new war. You know, I, I'm going to yeah. put this in the simplest terms possible. Ukraine was shutting down, was gradually turning into a defeated war, an ended story, but not an, an ended event. And they needed a new war. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get one with Sudan. They couldn't get one with Niger. There's a Trans-Sahara pipeline that is going across the entire belt of Africa. And across that entire belt is dismissed and removed French military. Think of it as mm -hmm. French Foreign Legion. Mm -hmm. So the colonialists are out. And okay. since Ukraine... Okay, you know, it's complicated, but I think what has happened is the, the various channels for the money laundering and the slush funds at the higher, let's just call it Davos, Uber Lord, uh, slush fund level, that level and those channels were getting discovered. And then you had a uh, congressional bill in the United States to halt additional Ukraine funding. Okay, a lot of doors were being closed. A That's lot right. of channels were being exposed. So they needed a new war. Mm. Okay, all right. I've actually got nine basic points and a couple of NB, note bene, uh, note well, okay. um, regarding Israel. And let me start by saying that I am all for Israeli state rights. I am all in favor of uh, Jewish rights. And it is very hard even to put into words. Um, I've had a lot of Jewish friends all my life. I've had Jewish professors at Carnegie Mellon. I've had Jewish colleagues. I still had Jewish friends, and I lost a Jewish New York Times moron as a college roommate a couple months ago. He liked New York Times. He trusted his doctor, and he's dead. Um, he was a friend for over 50 years. Okay. I am – I wouldn't say that I, I wave the Israeli flag and I, I'm you know, constantly promoting the Jewish rights. That, that's not it. I'm in favor of live and let live. Mm -hmm. I'm in favor of sovereignty of nations. I don't even want to get into the discussion of the 1940s issue to create the nation. I don't even want, I don't want to begin even with that. But what I'm noticing now, I don't know. I, I constantly don't know what to call you. I call you Patrick. I call you Patriot. Everyone knows you. that you call me Patrick. Okay, Patrick, whatever. Pat, Pat, Patriot or whatever. Um, there is something that shocked me considerably almost immediately out of the gate regarding this Israeli issue, story, battle, war. And that was the denial by former Israeli Defense Forces, IDF. It's called IDF. Within IDF, there were denials that their guard was actually violated. There was denial that there was penetration 
for their defenses. There was denial that they were ineffective. There was denial that they were asleep at the wheel. Then there was very quickly more stories that they were ordered to stand down, to drop the guard, to abandon their posts. Mm -hmm. These are coming out of Israel, and I was absolutely shocked to read that. Mm -hmm. um, then there was a Jerusalem Post poll survey. 86% of the people believed that they were ordered to stand down and permit the attack. I saw that too. That was shocking to me. I, I, in a good, in the best possible way. We we have never seen anything like this in the news. <clears throat> True. Okay, I have got nine different points, and I don't know how much time you wish to spend on this. Lay it out for Top, us. I think this, this is the issue that everybody. I think every, we're going to get to the financial stuff. We always do, but I think everybody wants to hear about this. So lay I've it got out. a financial angle to this. I figured um, you would. Well, I, I always look for it because it's always there whether you see it or not. Okay, I mentioned right at the beginning the channels for the slush funds to keep Davos and the Uber Lords funded were being uh, shut down. In Ukraine, They right. were being exposed. They needed a new war. There's mm -hmm. no objection for financing more aid but this time to Israel. There's no objection. In fact, what Bi the Biden show did, I never call it administration. It's not a legitimate administration. It's not even a legitimate government. It's a show. The Biden show has blocked together the Ukrainian and the Israeli aid. That's right. And it's a, it's a whopper at $100 billion. Okay, I, I bristle at the phrase, at taxpayer expense. The taxpayers, I believe, cannot quite even manage borrowing costs on the gargantuan $33 trillion debt for the U.S. government and the mm -hmm. obligations. Um, what we have now is credit-based spending with no bond investors or very few for the U.S. treasuries that finance the U.S. government debt in a securitized form. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got to back up a little bit. The U.S. government runs a deficit. We need to finance a deficit. We ask the Treasury Department to issue Treasury bonds. We put out an auction. We get bidders. We get financed. And that does the funding for the U.S. government. That's the process. I, I've been a bit alarmed in the last several months that people don't even know what a Treasury bond is. It is the method to create a bond and securitize in a formal process the U.S. government debt financing. Right now, we're financing it with printing money. That's mm -hmm. all we're doing. We print money and we finance the debt. We can't even cover the interest payments on $33 trillion. Okay. Okay, back to the main point. Whoo. I'm I'm going to just rip these off. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, the floor is yours, my friend. Th this is okay for those who believe. Well, we've just got an issue of Hamas attacking Israel, and they're defending themselves. Okay, that's the 70 IQ response and perception. <laughs> that's right. 
Okay. All right. I'm going to give you the 135 IQ response. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and 135 is a number that's. That's about, it's about high average, I think. Something like that, right? This is very, very ugly and very, very complicated. Okay. Several months ago, Israel donated a lot of weapons to Ukraine. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. What's going on with that? Um, and a lot of nations were donating weapons to Ukraine for the cause. And they were being blown up and exploded within 30 days. That's the norm. Mm -hmm. Three weeks, four weeks, they were all blown up. In fact, Germany said we're not going to give any more leopard tanks because they'll just be blown up in two or three weeks. Okay, but Israel donated a lot of weapons, and I thought, well, that's kind of funny. Uh, they're left unguarded. Uh, they, they, but you know, I also figured if Israel donates a lot of weapons to, to Ukraine, the United States will just replenish them, and it's really just a backdoor, indirect, additional funding for U.S. weapons contractors. Mm -hmm. okay. Notice that we donate a lot of obsolete weapons because <laughs> they have no use. They're not really functional, but we get rid of them and then they get replaced funding. That's okay. it. That's it. All right. I heard a long time ago, Langley and the U.S. government, our security forces, created Hamas with Israel. Mm -hmm. And it was even admitted by Bibi. I'm going to call him Bibi. His name is Benjamin Netanyahu. I'm not sure that this version of Netanyahu is the original version, and I don't want to get too deep into that at all. I tend uh, to agree with you, but we'll okay. leave it at that. There might be a new version running with that name. Um, he announced a couple of years ago in press conferences and open discussions that they created, the Israeli government created Hamas in order to divide the Gaza Arab support and coalitions. They figured if we create a radical group and a moderate group, we can control the radical group of Hamas. There it was. Netanyahu created Hamas. Now Hamas attacked Gaza. Hey, you can now begin to think, okay? You can begin to think now. Um, I also heard that the weapons donated to Ukraine came back to Hamas by virtue of Obama office logistics. There's also the, what was it? I called it in a recent interview, I called it $8 billion, but I was corrected by a client to Jim, no, no. The Afghanistan abandoned weaponry was $80 billion worth. Okay, so we left behind a lot of weapons, a lot of war materiel. Why? In order to have it move around the globe and continue with war without much in the way of interruption or funding. Yeah, I believe that Hamas received orders from the Israeli government, weapons from Ukraine and probably some from Afghanistan, and no cash changed hands for those supplied weapons. So when you hear that Hezbollah was funded by Iran in order to make the Hamas attacks possible, I think bullshit. 
Okay, that's point number one. Okay. Self-inflicted false flag attack with full admission. All you have to do is go back and hear that Netanyahu created Hamas. Open discussions. Open your brain stem. Now, I'm I couldn't agree more. No, I mean, you know, emotional. even if you didn't know that, Jim, I'll just pipe in real quick and then I'll let you continue. But I mean, even if you didn't know what you had just revealed about Netanyahu, which I did, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners did. The fact of the matter is everybody knows that Israel has the most heavily fortified borders on all sides of <laughs> any nation in the world. And they also have the most technologically superior surveillance equipment. It comes directly from the United States. There is zero chance that oh, they got oh, caught with their pants down. And and Israeli technology is right up there. That's right, right up there world class. And that's why that Jerusalem Post poll that you referenced is, you know, I mean, listen, people actually Damn have it. a brainstem apparently in Israel. Thank God. A lot of people in Israel know what's going on, which bring me to point number two. The Israeli Defense Fund was ordered to stand down, not passively, but abandon the post. And there was one particular item that I read yesterday that uh, a group of Israeli army personnel were forcibly removed from their posts. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And they were they asked, what's this all about? And they said, just follow your orders. OK. There was a former IDF soldier, a woman. And this came out, wow, this came out very quickly within a couple of days. And she said, her, it's her quote, not a grain of rice can cross the border without our high-tech superior That's right. technology detecting it. So when you hear that we got our guard, we, we, they caught us with our guard down, it's nonsense. And, and she said this was a stand-down order, abandon the posts. 100%. Um, Actively removal, actively removed, which I believe the higher ups in probably the Israeli military are involved with treason, genocide and dereliction of duty. OK, now, for those who say, Jim, you're speaking against Israel, you're anti-Semitic. I tell you, go eat shit. OK, just eat a yard of my shit. <laughs> I'm so tired of this argument. Any criticism of Israel or Jewish or anti-Semitic. I grew up with Jews. I got Jewish friends. I still do. Eat shit. OK, eat shit. Couldn't Wake agree up. more, my friend. Couldn't agree okay. more. Absolutely. Moving on. This is a big disruption. Item three. OK, I've got notes now because this has been a point of study because I think it's one of the most important conflicts that we're going to see in decades and it's eventually going to overshadow ukraine okay there is a disruption of the BRICS unity this is a financial factor there was a i called a love fest uh between persia okay i got a persian client he said jim we don't like the name iran that's a western name it's persia we're the persian empire we've been persia for five thousand years suddenly a few decades ago with Mossadegh and others that were called iran okay fine fine it's persia the persian gulf it's not the gulf it's the persian gulf mm -hmm. okay that that's you know kowtowing to the saudis um <clears throat> there had been a love fest between persia and the saudis slash UAE um, for the last year, more, 18 months. 
Okay, mm-hmm. they, they dropped their conflict. They removed the Americans from the, the room. They, they isolated the Israelis, and suddenly there's no more conflict, and everybody getting along, and they've got economic development, and they stopped the Yemen war. Very critical. They stopped the Yemen war. And there's this progress with you know, the line in Saudi. They're opening a Persian embassy in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Okay, a lot of that being interrupted. What they're trying to do now is to drive a wedge between Persia and the Arabs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it involves Hezbollah. Okay, there's been a lot of talk that Hezbollah funded Hamas. No, I think the United States did. Uh, I think Hamas did. I think Israel did. I think even the cabal in Switzerland, Davos, they might have helped that out. This okay. is basically what Mossad does. That's yeah, like their yeah. primary objective. Yeah, I, I leave the M, the M group out of everything because they threatened to put a bullet in the back of my head. I leave the M group out, okay. out. Well, I said it. You discussion. Did. Okay, out. Bull in the back of the head. November two thousand six. Thank you very much. Um, it's going to be difficult to create a wedge between Persia and the Arabs. What we might see instead is the Sunni moderates and the more radical Shiites uh, join in an alliance politically financially, militarily. But Hezbollah is the wild card because Hezbollah has been involved in Syria and Lebanon and has been a rather powerful force in opposition to the Israeli military. And there have been some reports out, I do not author these reports, that the Israeli military might be in trouble if Hezbollah enters this war. Moving on. Item four. There's talk, and I did not author it, that the Israeli war will be the last war. There's not a great deal of explanation of what that means. You could say, well, it'll be the last war for the planet Earth, that we're going to have an ascension. It could be that it'd be the last war and everything will be turned to a thermonuclear crisp, like many predictive programming futuristic movies indicate. It could be that it's the last war for the cabal, where they get exposed, they get decapitated, they get denutted, and they get driven off the planet or buried. I'm going to go with that option. I, I like that option, and I think that is the proper interpretation, but... We don't really know. There's talk that the last war will bring about a conversion of the news networks toward truth, integrity, and actual news. I have been now for the last few years, especially the last two years, using the MSM news as an indicator of 180 degree opposite. Take whatever they have to say. Give it a 180 twist, and that mm-hmm. is the news. Yep, the inversion but, factor, absolutely. The inversion, right. And, and oh, gosh, that has worked for me at least 50 to 60 times. Oh, so, okay, let me put that backwards. Okay, and then a couple of days later, verification. Another month, another month some other confirmation. And, okay, well, that's – and, you know, you got to remember, 
that the numbnuts who run around with their liberal retard flags in the United States and Canada, they don't have much of a memory. So it's kind of a, a memory wipe every two or three weeks that they can't remember what happened in a contradictory fashion a couple months ago. They're some of the dumbest sons of bitches I've ever encountered in my life. I regard one-third of the United States as hopelessly moronic, never redeemable. And we are not in that group, and neither is anyone in this audience. <laughs> yes, I agree. Okay. Furthermore, um, this last war is very encouraging if you maintain a positive outlook. Pardon my glasses, but I, you know, after age 70, I'm, I'm sorry. that My really good vision for all my adult life is starting to slip. And uh, I think this is the just, first time I've seen you with glasses on. These are not bifocals. They're not not for astigmatism. They're not corrective. They are magnification. Gotcha. Um, and thanks, Walmart. Looks like you do something well. I bought them at Walmart back incredibly. I bought them when I started the newsletter because sometimes the articles that I would print out, I was not paperless until about 2010. I'd print out like 500 sheets every month. I printed out a lot. I went through printers. I went through reams of paper. And, and the print was, you know, sometimes it's font seven. Mm. And I and I, I put on the glasses so I could read it. Now I, I don't. Um, next point, number five. These are all very important points, and I got nine of them. Okay. Point number five, Bibi, Netanyahu, very unpopular. Very unpopular. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have poll results for his, uh, you know, approval ratings. Uh, but, you know, Biden is working his way into single digits. It was 13 percent a few months ago. But they actually maybe, still claim he's got a 58 percent <laughs> approval rating on CNN. <laughs> isn't that a, isn't that amazing? 58 percent. Well, that, that's when you have 10 times as many representatives in your poll coming from the liberal retard party <clears throat> by the way I mean, that even is what with they that do. it's still hard to hit 58 percent at this point that, well there's still a lot of liberal retards in the liberal retard party um they're not retards without a reason to call them retards um bb is very unpopular he had a vaccine mandate he was one of the first countries that tried to make it universal within the country and uh, I had numerous clients tell me that people took it unwillingly. Friends of friends within Israel and their friends are in like New York. By the way, 20% of all United States Jews live in New York. That is a remarkable item of trivia. 20% are in New York City. Um, greater New York City. That includes suburbs like Yonkers and whatever. Mm. <laughs> There has been backlash against BB within the country. There have been, okay, I, I was under the impression a couple of months ago that the vaccine damage in Israel was not too extensive, and I have been corrected after I said that. Some people just banged on my door with email and said, Jim, there's a lot of myocarditis, heart inflammation problems, a number of heart attacks, a lot of turbo cancer, there's a lot of death, and it's after the vaccination initiatives in Israel. So I stand corrected, and that's fine. I, I don't like being corrected, but 
I'm corrected. And that's well, the it way stands it is. to reason. That's the same thing that happened in every other country. Well, someone told me uh, with a military background that that Israel received an inordinate percentage of placebos. And I said, okay, well, I, I hear you. Thank you for the information. Let, let's see if other people verify that. Let's see how it plays out. And it's well, you know, out. RFK came out and he said he made a statement about it being that, that it was uh, race specific in the sense that it was meant to be uh, designed to be impervious to the Ashkenazi. I don't know if you ever, you had heard that I, statement. I heard that, but there's still a lot of damage within Israel, and and that's where I stand right now. So Bibi was actually close to being impeached and driven out of office, and now that's not the case. What a remarkable turn of events! Everybody's rallying behind Bibi now. Same guy and, who's also under investigation for. Corruption charges for bribery and all, all types oh, of things. Oh, gosh. And involvement even in Fukushima. Uh, the, 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 the criminality is astonishing. Okay, let's move on. Um, okay, point six is regarding the vaccine, so I got to that. Uh, point seven is a very unusual, uh, let's just call it theory or a postulate. I like that word postulate because I'm not saying it's my position. I'm not saying it's my forecast. I'm saying that it's out there. It is a construct. It is a postulate. <clears throat> the postulate is that Ukraine population is being eradicated as much as possible. And I've heard that it's, it's like somewhere between 7 and 10 million have either been killed or removed and emigrated. They left. And now the postulate is that a great deal of the Israeli population will return to Ukraine because of the type of Jewish descent that they come from. And I hear that a Turkic, and I'm not an expert in this. I'm just not an expert in this. Um, well, it's ancient Khazaria. Yeah, Khazaria. If you look at maps from like 300 years ago or so, you know, I'm not an expert in this. It's Ukraine and some surrounding areas. That's right. And the population of Israel is roughly equal to the population reduction of Ukraine right now. Wow. And, okay. It's a postulate. So it's I know, I get it, but wow, that's a that's one heck of a postulate. It, it, it's, it's a weird, unusual postulate. Let's see if it has any legs, or as I like to say, I throw it up against the wall, and I, I, I look to see if it sticks, okay? Mm -hmm. If there's nothing to support it, it doesn't stick, and it falls to the floor as an unverified, unconfirmed, unsubstantiated po postulate, and we're dealing with a lot of uncertainty. So let's, let's deal with the uncertainty and have a process to let it become sticky or not. Okay. Well, that's why I don't mind doing a little bit of speculation because Me if it's too. based on good research, it's a possibility and it's worth talking about. I totally agree. Okay. The next point, eight. Whew. We're going to get a higher oil price. We're probably, if we're not careful, probably going to see a limited 
or a more extensive embargo against the West. By the West, I mean Europe, England, North America. It's possible. They're already talking about it. The Saudis are saying we're, we're entertaining the thought of an embargo if the Western nations support the Israeli genocide. Ooh, wow. Okay, there it is. There it is. Right out there in the open. And another, I, I, I'm not certain, I think it was Qatar. I call it Qatar. They, they sometimes call it Qatar. I don't like the name Qatar because I makes me think of the television show Welcome Back Cotter with John Travolta. <clears throat> I like the name of Qatar because it's got the emphasis and you know what I'm talking about, Qatar, mm -hmm. with a Q. Um, Iran, Persia, is also talking about limiting oil shipments. And there's a lot of controversy and a lot of threats regarding Persian oil shipments that I really don't want to get into because it's so messy and it involves the United States seizing Persian oil tankers, what I, which I call pilferage and piracy on the high seas, sponsored by the state, supported by the military. It's very ugly stuff. Yep. Um, I don't want to get into all that. The point is we might be on the cusp at the door of much higher oil prices and embargoes against the Western nations, like the 1973 oil embargo part two. So that I wouldn't really play into the cabal's hand, though, would it? Well, it does the Rockefeller hand. Gotcha. Okay. And we may have a situation where the Rockefellers want a higher price for their own oil enterprise but they might be in charge within the Biden show of liquidating petrodollar derivative contracts ah. at a higher price would enable them to do it at a profitable level and make it worth their while to, to amplify it. Let's get this moving. For instance, we've got a $130 oil price and we've got a nice little hefty profit for the Rockefeller Institute, which is all tax exempt. <laughs> mm -hmm. The Rockefellers have wrecked our country along with Obama as their boy. Um, and I'm not racist. So they're don't, they're really driving a shit either. They're really driving. a. So this whole war really is a cabal initiative to drive to basically to, to to interrupt. I know you still have some points to make, but just so we can kind of encapsulate what you've said One so more. far, primarily it's to interrupt. The unity of the BRICS alliance, to basically to drive a wedge in there, and also to continue this this whole funding, this this system, their war machine. That's really what it's all about. Because Ukraine has dried up, like you said, they need another war. They need to get to, to grease the skids to get things going the way they always have, because so many so many of their revenue streams have been cut off. They're basically doing this fighting for their lives. And, and it and it's funding for the cabal. Funding, funding, gotcha. not, not yep. just not just the weapon contractors, but it, it's I think an interruption of the Davos and Rothschild funding mechanisms. Okay. Um, and and what have they done but but to create a war in a region where you're not permitted to criticize? Uh, and I just got an hour ago. I got a graphic, and it had you know a big hand. 
over a platform and under the platform were hundreds of people. And it said, you know who your rulers are by the groups you're not permitted to criticize. That's right. Okay, that, that's a very important concept. But the real that, Jews have always been a shield. I think it's a point worth making here really quickly that the real Jews, I mean, go back and watch. There are many documentaries, but I always recommend The Fall of the Cabal. It's a great uh, series of documentaries that explains exactly how the Khazarians adopted the Jewish religion as camouflage, that they're Satan worshipers. They come from Khazaria. There's a whole story that goes into it, but the real Jews are not the enemy. And I've said it many, many times, and I stand by that statement. The Khazars are Satanists, and what I, the way I describe it, very consistent with your interpretation, is the Khazarians are the uberlords, they're the Satanists, and they're taking shield and, and refuge in the synagogue. That's right. The Russian czar gave them a choice between Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. They chose Judaism. They hid behind that shield. They've done that for centuries. And that's why you're not allowed to criticize. That's why there's this whole you had to preface everything you said tonight by basically saying you're not an anti-Semite. I mean, that's this is this is the the world that they've created. But we have to dispel all of this this BS. And I think it's really important that people understand the true history. But go ahead, Jim. I lost a friend in 2009 from Pennsylvania. He was Jewish. I knew him for 20 years. He was my sports bookie. <laughs> he was my buddy. I met him at, for weightlifting. I, I met him occasionally for like an NCAA finals for basketball. Um, a good guy, a weird guy, but a good guy. And um, he was a weightlifter, and I was a mild weightlifter. I always marveled that he moved more weight than I did. And he said, well, I've been at it for a while. And I said – Got a little juice going for you, Jeff, meaning steroids, and he denied it, but I'm pretty sure he did. But we broke when I gave him a free subscription, and then a year and a half later, he said, Jim, I saw your report on the Rothschilds and their origin, and I don't want to have any more contact with you because you're an anti-Semite. And I said, no, I'm not. Kazarians and the Rothschilds are not Jewish. They're Kazarians, they're Satanists, and you don't get it because you don't study this at all, and you're like a knee-jerk, a knee-jerk idiot. That's the way a lot of – most people have been programmed and conditioned. This is the program. amazing. Yeah, because they don't know the true history. That's the bottom line. I call it the third rail. Um, I got into an argument with James Kunstler. He accused me of being anti-Semitic. I'm I'm not making this up. It was 2015, 16. The argument lasted for about three weeks. I made my point. I stood my ground. I told him I thought he was crazy. I thought he was using the standard knee-jerk bullshit. I'm criticizing some Jewish bankers. What the fuck is your problem? And um, I told him about my background growing up in a neighborhood that was 30% Jewish. I like to rattle off the names because they were part of my childhood and they were my buddies. They were my friends. Freeberg, Abramovitz, uh, Winston, Hayden, Jacob. Um, They were my buddies. Um, I got tingles now because it's my childhood and we used to play baseball and pick up football, you know, three on three football on the street when we're 12 years old. We had a lot of fun together. I hit on 
the younger sister of my my buddy Hayden and his father got all over was all over me. And I, Leave her alone. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. And I, you know, I went to college and I had a roommate who was Jewish from Long Island, or should I say Long Island? Um, that's the guy who died. Uh, I, in graduate school, I had a couple of Jewish friends. I had one professor named Roth who I tried to defend to get him tenure and it didn't work and he had to leave and he went elsewhere. Uh, I had another couple Jewish professors. One of them I actually did not get along with, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, I had one Jewish student rival and he was from Ohio and he was an asshole. Um, I, he, he tried to embarrass, we were rivals. We were both good students in the graduate school classes he was in my class for about, I don't know, three different courses. And he always tried to point out my mistakes in front of the class. And I'd say, hey, look, uh, Dan, uh, get with it. I speak a lot. I speak a lot more than you do because you don't have the courage to speak in class, which means that nine out of ten times I'm correct and one I'm not, and you point out the one. So I said, hey, we'll talk after class. And what I did was I grabbed him, by, I grabbed him like this. And I shoved him up against the wall, and I said, see that window? Well, that's what you're flying out of on the seventh floor if you do that again. And he was a nice guy after that because he was a coward. He wasn't very big, and I was athletic. I was a, you know, a, a bicyclist, I football, a little basketball. I played soccer in college. I'm sorry, soccer in high school. I played a lot of tennis. Tennis was my best sport. Anyway, the point is that I had a lot of Jewish friends. My yeah. first sweetheart was Jewish, and I didn't even know that she was Jewish until it kind of faded away. And it's okay. She was in, from Virginia. I met her in college. Um, I'm not anti-Semitic. Let me get back to Kunstler. He backed down. He apologized. I don't want to make a big issue out of a, the apology, but he backed down and said, Jim, I, I, I overstepped. Um, I, I can see that you're just criticizing a group that happens to be Jewish. I said, yeah, the bankers that happen to be Jewish, they're dominant. Yeah, but this group just happened to be Jewish. And, and I said, look, James, if you can't see it, you're a blind man. And you're a very smart guy. So I assume that you see it and you prefer not to talk about it. He said, yeah, okay, all right. Well, very good. Be on your way. I'll be on my way. Good luck to you. Best, best of all. Okay, so we're not exactly buddies, but... We had a skirmish, and he backed down. Um, well, at least he was intellectually honest enough to admit that you're not anti-Semitic just because you're criticizing a certain group of people. But that's exactly what they have. They've literally programmed that into the fabric of our culture because they control all of the media, all of the communication, all of the movies, Hollywood. I mean, they've been doing this oh, now for decades and, and decades and decades. So there's this knee-jerk reaction, and people and, become completely irrational, especially Jewish people, because they feel as if they're defending their Judaism They because they don't understand the true history. But thank God, so many people in Israel actually do, and they're recognizing the paradigm. That's the good news. Yeah. And don't ever leave out the Anti-Defamation League. Oh, boy. Don't get me started on that. They are now under the microscope for some extortion. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. The last point is the most important point. 
regarding my nine issues. And if you study Albert Pike, he was a globalist from way back. Mm -hmm. He was a globalist before they called them globalists. He was like a right-hand man ideologue for the Rothschild of that day. And he wrote <clears throat> before World War I. I'm talking about around 1910. And he talked about the three world wars. Yep. The first world war was to get rid of the monarchy and to align sovereign governments in Europe. The second world war was to isolate Russia and to keep them in the cold freezer and to, I'm not an expert in the Albert Pike global wars. What I've focused on is the third war that he discussed. And I don't have it all laid out, but here's some of the major points. What they want among the globalists is another world war. They want it to be the West led by the Khazarians with dutiful, obedient, sovereign nations and leaders and their militaries against the Arab world. They want it to be the West versus the Arabs. I should really say Islam because Persia is included. Okay, if, if you say Arab, you're not including Persia. If you say Islam, then you're including the Persian version, their sect, it's Shiite. And there are a number of Shiites in the Arab world, but they're the minority. For instance, in Bahrain, and the correct pronunciation is Bahrain, Bahrain, um, they are majority Shiite. And that is in the Persian Gulf, and that's considered Arab. Mm -hmm. But it's Shiite Arab. Okay, it's very complex. Uh, the majority of the Israel of, of the Iraqi parliament is now Shiite. This is very complicated. Okay, the globalists strive to create another world war for the purpose of destroying Islam, confiscating their natural resource wealth. Not, it's not just oil and gas. It's, it's mineral wealth. There's a trillion dollars of mineral wealth under Saudi Arabia. I got that pointed out to me by a Norwegian consultant about five years ago because I said that I made a point and I was off base. I said that the Saudis, when they move, when the world moves away from, from fossil fuels or whatever, you know, oil and gas, uh, carbon-based fuel, that the Saudis will be moved into the back seat. He said, oh, no, no, no. I was part of a of a mineral resource assay, a grand project, and we, we estimated that including uranium, they had a trillion dollars of metals, mineral wealth, they call wow. it. That's strategic metals, industrial metals, uranium. In one and country, in Saudi Arabia. That's in amazing. In Saudi Arabia alone. And that means that it's in United Arab Emirates. It means it's, it's elsewhere. It's in Yemen. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, the point, back to the point, the globalists want a war to wreck Islam, confiscate their wealth, and to deplete, this is the important second part, and to deplete the Western nations of their energy, their spirit, their resources, so that 
we've got a global decimation. And then in rides the cabal, the uberlords to take control. That's right. The new world order after the third war. Now, I've been saying for 20 years, we've had a third war, but it's been a cold war. But if you exclude the cold wars, and I don't ever like to do that for nomenclature, if you exclude it, then we're on the edge now of igniting the Third World War. We're on the edge. They're trying to – okay, look at it this way. Just for a moment, entertain me. I don't, I don't like when I say look at it this way. Consider the following points. In Ukraine, they failed to bait Russia into a wider war. They failed. Okay. I was going to go in this direction. I wanted to know where Russia is going to fall into all this. Go ahead. I don't really know, but they did move uh, a Russian fleet into the Mediterranean to be nearby. They did not succeed with drone strikes, even in Russian territory near the border. They didn't succeed. They tried to align the uh, the Wagner group with Prigozhin. And by the way, he might be dead, but he might not be dead. Uh, I agree. There's a group that might be dead and might not be Pretty dead. Pretty sure he's not. Pretty sure. <clears throat> okay, this is a, a high-level command. You think he really didn't check his aircraft for explosives? Okay, they say that it was in the uh, it was in the, the landing gear. Okay, well, I don't care where it was. You still run a check. It's kind of like Robert David Steele, who was hired by many people to fake their deaths. <laughs> <laughs> You think Robert David Steele <clears throat> did not fake his deaths when he knew he was under attack? Anyway, 100%. he wrote books about child trafficking. I even asked him personally. I was on his show, I think it was three times. might have been two times. Three times, I think. I asked him. I said, do you mind if I ask you a couple of probing questions? He said, sure. I said, are you really safe having written a couple books on child trafficking? And he said, not really, but I made an understanding with them. They leave me alone, I leave them alone. I don't continue with that effort. And I thought, that's not a good answer. That's what I thought. Not a good. I didn't say that. I just thought it. It's not a good answer. They never leave it alone. They never. You can never leave, and you can never drop an argument. It's a forever issue always with Langley. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I don't think that it's going to result in an Islamic war. Let's just call it a, a global Islamic war. I don't think it's going to happen. I agree. Because the Islamic nations are aware that they're being baited. And right. this follows the observation for 18 months that Russia has been baited. And they've watched that Russia did not follow through under the bait of war. And keep in mind that Persia supplied drone weapons to Russia for Ukrainian front usage, and they were world-class. If they're not world-class, they were extremely effective. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about who has the best world-class, Russian, Persian, Chinese, or U.S. I don't really get involved in military technology uh, investigations i just figure if you get above a certain level of competence it's a dangerous weapon i wouldn't want it i wouldn't want a second class effective drone weapon 
going overhead where I live, okay? Because a second-class weapon can do a lot of damage. <clears throat> I don't think Persia is going to take the bait. They are the wild card here. It is not Saudi UAE. The wild card is Persia because they've got the most effective I don't even know what to call it. It's an army. It's more than a militia. Hezbollah is more than a militia. It is like an army under the Islamic Republic flag of Persia. Iranian. Okay, this is not simple. When, when, when the, what do you call it? The Islamic Brotherhood, Hamas, and ISIS all battled in Lebanon and Syria, we got a real big, ugly soup of multinational hidden militias. And I believe Israel was in charge of ISIS and Langley was in charge of Hamas with Israeli help and Hezbollah with pure Persia. Okay, that's my understanding. And it might not be exactly right, but, but I think it's got the rough cut correct. I don't believe Persia is going to take the bait because they realize there's been a battle going on for 20 years. They've had their assets frozen for 20 years. Ayatollah Khomeini, by the way, came from France. Duh! In other words, Ayatollah Khomeini was a Langley asset. That's right. And he created the Iranian Islamic Republic. He brought in religion to their sovereign government. I don't want to get into all that. My point is that Ayatollah was a Langley asset just like Sarkozy. Sarkozy was a president of France. Macron is not a Langley asset. Macron is a sex toy for Davos and the globalists at parties. Mm -hmm. Let's just say, I'm going to give you a couple of disgusting facts as I know them. Macron's wife, Geraldine, is a man. Macron is a man toy. He is a party favor among the globalists to take into the back room and get serviced man on man. Macron is a wily little son of a bitch, a Satanist, and he's trying to run the chameleon act right now, trying to curry favor with China, and they told him, screw you. We might soon see France curry favor with the Arabs They've already done one deal. It was for LNG, liquefied natural gas, out of UAE. And it was paid for in the contract with Chinese Yuan. The French bought UAE gas product, LNG, and the contract stipulates Yuan payment. I think France is going to extend that trend for more yuan contracts for energy, because they produce nothing in France. They got no North Sea 
interest. That's all Britain and Norway and a couple of other smaller countries with an interest. I think France is going to eventually have an XRP deal for UAE energy contracts. That's Mm. my wild card forecast. Back to the bait. Right now, there is a division among several sovereign nations as to whether Israel committed a false flag, drop your guard, attack, attack yourself, blame Hamas, deny responsibility of control and collusion with Hamas. And a lot of countries are fingering Israel as being part of the false flag. Just generally call it false flag. It's even got an acronym of FF now. Right. Very interesting. And to my surprise, because I expected that nation after nation would fall in line behind the support of Israel to protect itself, to defend itself, to react to an invasion. And and we're starting to see, even in the U.S. main press, the MSM press, stands for mainstream media. MSM press in the United States have already had a few guests on board on their news networks saying it was an inside job to my great surprise. So I'm not alone. I'll tell you honestly, Patrick, I'm speaking more freely because I'm seeing a lot of people and a number of nations speaking out that they recognize the false flag. They recognize it. So I'm not. Consciousness is rising. Consciousness is rising all over the world. Okay. Now, let me mention a couple of NB points. Note bene. It's Latin. By the way, when I was in eighth grade, (laughs) this is just personal stuff. In eighth grade, I got the Latin award. It was only out of like 55 or 57 kids. It was required. It was a Catholic grade school. I got the Latin award. And I even had a crush on Sister Cecilia. I thought she was very pretty, even though she had a mustache. <laughs> she, she, was, oh, she told me once, I'm, I'm Italian, Jim. And, and she said, that, don't worry about that. And I said, yeah, you're, you're very nice. I really like you a lot. I, I love Latin. It's really interesting. And I, I'm, I'm trying to be good at it because I know that it's important for Italian, for French, for Spanish. It's a base language. She said, yes, yes. And then my father and I got together in my freshman year of high school, and I decided I'm not going to take any more Latin. And I made a big mistake. I took French. <clears throat> big mistake. <laughs> big mistake. Should have taken Spanish. <clears throat> so I've had to learn Spanish on my own here. I've been here 16 years. I'm not fluent, but I'm semi. I call it semi-fluent. The other thing I did in eighth grade was I won the algebra award. And then in high school, it really gave me a great launching pad for high school. Out of 400 kids, I got the math award. First year, second year, third year. And I I was second place for the senior year math award. And that was AP math calculus. I was upset, but I, I recognized the winner. He was my friend. I had something very unusual in my high school uh, advanced years. I mean, like junior, senior year. It was a group of us. It was Tommy A. It was Stephen L. It was Dennis D. And it was Jimmy G. That's me. 
And we all worked together. We helped each other. We pulled for each other. But we competed against each other. And when we didn't win, we congratulated the other. And it was very interesting because I didn't get the chemistry award. I didn't get the physics award. My buddy did. And I congratulated him because he was a good, good student. And that was my high school junior, senior year experience. A lot of work. My best semester ever in high school was when I was on the soccer team in the autumn. I had no time. So I just resigned to my fact to the fact. September, October, November, I have no time. So I went home after soccer's practice, did had dinner, worked till ten o'clock, and went to bed. Every single night. Every single night. No television, no nothing. It was my best semester in four years, and that's why I ended up in the top 10 out of 400 in my high school. <clears throat> and I know real well why I didn't get higher than rank number nine. It was because I refused to excel in religion class. You, can oh, you take went to Catholic school, huh? Catholic high school. I told them, hey, look, you're going to force religion as one of my classes? Fine, I'll, I'll do okay. I don't think I got a single A in four years in religion. So I did very well in everything else. <clears throat> All right, fine. Okay, back to my note bene, which got me off on the Latin tangent. I liked Latin. I, I thought it was fun. I, I really did. Apart from Sister Cecilia, she, she was so cute. <laughs> okay, there are two important points that need to be mentioned, and, and they're not reasons for war. They're consequences of war. We are now witnessing the Israeli state engaged in precisely what they have been complaining about for 80 years in the European front for World War II, and that was genocide and holocaust. We have now rabbis in Israel calling for genocide and eradication of the Arabs within their country in Gaza, including eliminating all the children, which I read an article today. The rabbi called them children of darkness. Eradicate them. Okay, so we now have the victim, if you will, of genocide now saying it's our turn. Okay, it's a very delicate point, but I quoted the Israeli rabbi because it's his point, and I'm interpreting it as the victim becoming the new engineer. The other note bene is that there are a number of Persian sleeper cells in the United States. There are far more Arab sleeper cells and Langley Latino sleeper cells in the United States. Let me give you some numbers. <clears throat> the open borders began actually during the Trump administration to give a full ex exhibition that Trump was not in full charge of our nation. 
there were several million who entered the country without being vetted and they took up their locations, lots of different methods, a lot of talk about how they were given funding for schooling, housing, and health. And now it has expanded to a free airline flight to the city of their choice, along with a cell phone and a, a warning be on the alert for United Nations instructions, which I believe come from the Obama office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to some numbers. It has been estimated that when Biden was, let's just say, installed on the, te- the television set called The Biden Show in January of 2021, a lot of details behind it. I don't wish to discuss it in this context. It was about 25 or 30 million people who had come across the border in the last several years. And I believe it started during the Obama administration. I believe the open borders were the Soros project adopted by Obama and might have gotten into full swing by 2012 in his second administration. Okay. I have heard the estimate now is between 40 and 50 million unvetted people. And in Texas, they've been obstructing this because it has been 10,000 a day lately. 10,000 a day. Wrap your head around that. Multiply by 300. And that becomes 3 million a year. My goodness. That is a big big number now back to the numbers i am not naive enough to to think that they're all sleeper cell agents what i pardon me hiccup what i focus on is how many or what percentage are military age men who are say under 250 pounds Mm -hmm. in other words not obese ones who can run ones who could you know do their mission at a trot rather than collapsing after 50 yards. Um, And what I hear is that like one out of 10 crossing is of military description. One out of 10. I've got little side stories, but I don't know. Yeah, A lot of them are Asian too, but that that could take us in a whole different direction. Oh yeah. And that is the other side. Okay. It's, it's, it's Persians, it's Arabs, it's Latinos, and lately it's a considerable number of Chinese. Um, <clears throat> I'm of the opinion that there might be as little as a million sleeper cell agents and maybe more. It, it could be half a million, it could be a million, it could be over a million. That is a very big number. Yeah, it sure is. I have lots of little stories one that sticks out was a guy who did a consult call in Nevada. And he said, Jim, I frequently go to Reno. And it's not for gambling. Reno has an actual economy, unlike Las Vegas. They don't have an actual economy. They have a gambler's and a sports economy. Now with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Las Vegas, what is it, Scarlet Knights hockey? Imagine, hockey team in Las Vegas. Incredible. Um <clears throat> Anyway, the point – what is my point? I forgot my point. Um, We're getting into the border crossings, the 
you know, I, I mentioned the Chinese and you were talking about I think that's where you were headed. I'm not sure where you were going from there, but that's. I I, I lost my my train of thought and I apologize. But okay, oh yeah, Reno. He said on a given Saturday, if you go into Reno, there are several street corners where you see five or six Latino types, and they're just hanging around on several street corners in Reno on a Saturday. And he said, Jim, I'm sure they all got their phones, their cell phones. Their accounts are paid for. They're paid for by the Soros Foundation. That's what we need to cut off. And one guy was arrested because he did. I don't know what he did, but he might have done some like an assault. And he was arrested and they confiscated his cell phone and they did a little search and they found some connections. And he, he said, yeah, I, I was told to just wait for instructions from the United Nations. Instructions for what? And he said, well, you know, to cause trouble, to riot, you know, maybe arson, whatever. Just cause trouble, cause riots. Okay. We don't have dozens and dozens and dozens of stories like that. But all you need is a few to get the idea. I've got other stories <clears throat> that Team Trump has hired like 10,000 Salvadoran military personnel to join that influx because they're all hired to capture and deport that's an amazing wow. point. Wow. So he's infiltrated that the he border crossing. Wow. And, that's and, interesting. and here's my individual story to support that. <clears throat> a client in Los Angeles did a consult call. And by the way, I've done over 600 of them in uh, it's almost four years now. It's one or two every week. And, and they're always quite interesting at times. They're intriguing and memorable for years. This one was memorable for years. <clears throat> there was a woman. She said, Jim, I want you to know something. I have a gardener, and, and he's been my gardener for a couple of years, and he's really good. You know, he cuts down uh, limbs from a tree. He does the, the hedges. He mows the lawn. He manicures, does the weeding, does the, you know, fertilizing, all that, all that stuff. He's my gardener. Let's just call him Jose. That's not his name. Hey, Jose's my gardener. And and suddenly he didn't show up. And he and he went missing for like six weeks. And his wife called me up and said, Hi, I'm Jose's wife. He he'd been deported back to uh, back to Salvador. It's El Salvador. They call their people Salvadorans. <clears throat> and she said, What's going on? And she said, Well, there's a group of Salvadoran military that have been hired, and I don't know by whom. And we put um, it together, my client and I, they're, they're hired by Team Trump. Uh, and she said, I need to come by your place to pick up his gardening tools because I've got to make the long drive home with a couple friends. We're leaving the United States. We've had enough. If they're going to deport our husbands, we're, we're going to follow our husbands because it's our family. Didn't that mention is any. Didn't mention any children, but, you know, like a lawnmower and like a like a, a weeding thing that spins the uh, the little, oh, I don't know what you call like it. Like a weed uh, whacker? 
a weed whacker. It's the strand of plastic um, to, to cut the weeds. They use weed whackers to mow lawns here in Costa Rica. They don't have lawnmowers. They use weed whackers to do the lawn. Um, anyway, there's not a lot of lawn here. Um, okay, so we might have half a million in sleeper cells. Now, back up a year and a half, and I got other military-sourced information that Antifa and BLM, which stands for Burn, Loot, and Murder. Oh, no, I got that wrong. It's for Black Lives Matter. No, you got it right. No, no I got it right. It's for Burn, Loot, and Murder. <laughs> um, the heads of BLM and Antifa have been captured and prosecuted and dealt with. I don't need. I don't know what dealt with Matt means. It could be in prison, could be executed. I don't know. I don't care. I don't. I really don't care. They've been neutralized, and I've been told that, that anyone who believes that the sleeper cells are going to call on BLM and Antifa to cause riots hasn't kept up with the reality that their management has been decapitated. <clears throat> okay, so. To me, they'd be the least of our worries, though, you know, if you actually have all of these military personnel and these sleeper cells, Antifa and BLM would be the least of my worries under those circumstances. So we better hope they've been infiltrated by the White Hats. I'm concerned about their numbers, not their organization. If they all get a phone call, go out and raise hell, then they go out, they break windows, they start looting, they throw in little firebombs, they, they assault people, they rob people. Oh, Kind of like what you're seeing in San Francisco. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But it's not done by sleeper cells. It's done by little groups that realize, hey, there's no police prosecution anymore. No police yeah, a lot of it's just opportunist. You know, like opportunist. Very good word. Yeah. Opportunist right. criminal activity. There, there are a lot of women now who are taking their kids out of daycare because when they go pick up their kids, they're getting assaulted. They're getting robbed. San Francisco is being vacated. Okay, that is what could happen. I bring that up because that's a kind of criminality and, and mayhem <clears throat> that half a million, say, sleeper cell agents could cause. I mean, in Minneapolis, in St. Louis, Chicago, Denver, Salt Lake City, San Antonio. We, we've got a lot of big cities in our country, and we got a very big country. And we got maybe at least 30 million who don't belong here. And, and when they get picked up for deportation, they've got no legitimate papers. So there's no defense. It's just, okay, we got you now. We're taking you out. You got no visa papers. You got no nothing except the cell phone and the health care, the schooling, and, and the welfare for food. I'm right. concerned that the sleeper cell agents are going to join with the army of those who are cut off from food stamps. That's one of my concerns. Mm. Food stamps. Trump has let it be known. They call it SNAP now. I, I learned it as food stamps. I never had it myself. But I was on unemployment in 2003 for about four months before I started a newsletter. <laughs> I went from unemployment to newsletter. And uh, let's just say lowly ambitions that were quickly realized to make amended 
mid-level ambitions, which were quickly realized, which were followed by no ambition and and some pretty good success that I'm I'm actually grateful to the Lord for my abilities and gifts. Amen. Yeah. And I'm grateful to my colleagues. There are seven of them. Two of them, I believe, were killed. Rob Kirby's not the only one. There was another one who was killed. I don't talk about them much. Um, I'm grateful to them. Now I'm grateful to a, another group that I have formed. I call my digital asset, my crypto colleagues. And uh, they're not as united. I'm like the axle and they're the spokes on a wheel. Whereas my first colleague group is like a conference. We send emails to each other. It, it's like to all seven and we, and we respond. But my cryptos are just to me and I share with the others. I'm, they're like spokes on a wheel, I'm the axle. Anyway, it is what it is and it, it's changing in a mild way because a couple people are now talking to each other. <laughs> I'm trying to encourage it, but they don't know who they are. They don't. They never met each other. So I'm just saying, hey, he's a good guy. You can you can trust him with information. And, and look what I'm sharing. It came it came from A and you're B. So you can talk to each other. Okay, not that easy to do. Building trust is not that easy to do. And I built my colleague group based on introductions at conferences, emails and phone calls, and um, one guy, two guys that I met here. They say, hey, Jim, I've been a colleague. I'm sorry, I've been a, a client for like three years. I'd like to meet you. Let's have a dinner. I say, okay, well, how about, uh, you know, next to Hotel Presidente? They got a nice little restaurant. Okay, fine. And that's where we met. I, I mentioned that because there's no more Hotel Presidente. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another guy who met me. We met at a different hotel. We met twice, three times, and now he's a regular friend. And I go visit him when I want to get away and kick back a little bit and have fresh air out in the countryside. <clears throat> All right. Um, I'm con Donald Trump said there are two programs that will remain in force. One is military disability. And I, I've had trouble with that name. I, I called it, you know, aid for wounded soldiers. I couldn't come up with a name. It's military disability. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's no way that we're going to have soldiers fight in the current tunnel wars. We have wars. They're in the underground system network. It's to rescue kids in prisons and harvesting centers. This is very cruel. It's obscene. It's incredibly ugly. And evil, but there are soldiers, and they're primarily special forces soldiers mixed with Marines. <clears throat> For those who don't know what special forces are, <clears throat> imagine you've got Navy SEALs. They serve a tour, and they decide, <clears throat> I need a change. Okay, join the special forces of the U.S. military. Okay, you got another guy, and, and that's, you know, sea-based. SEAL is for sea-based. They're out of the Navy. Then you get the Army base, the Army type. They're called Rangers. And you could serve a tour, have your projects, and you want to change, you can join the Special Forces. You got Air Force, paratroopers, all, all kinds of specialists out there 
And if you achieve a certain degree of excellence, you can join the special forces. Now, I don't know a lot about it, but I, I've known one SEAL and two Army Rangers. So they tell me a little bit about it. They say, you don't need to know a whole lot more. You, you got the basics, and that's enough. But what, what they're telling me, and other people are telling me, is that we've got an active hot war going on. Okay, I've got a, a client from Southern California who informed me that there is a hot war going on under Los Angeles and Southern California. And he said that there are, for a while, for a long period of time, there were 20 military trucks that passed through Long Beach, went to the port, and came back empty in order to pick up another 20 or 25 soldiers at 2 and 3 a.m. And at the same time, every single night, there were several explosions deep underground, and the news networks told the false story that there were earthquakes. Well, you don't get five earthquakes every night between 2 and 4 a.m. <laughs> Certainly not. If you were to run a hypothesis test under the assumption that they were randomly distributed across the 24 hours, and several of them were between 2 and 4 a.m. on given days, you would blow right out of the water any hypothesis that, that it was random, which is associated with earthquake. We are being fed bullshit lies left, right, up and down, front and back, all six sides. 100%. But I'm glad you brought that to the fore, though, because it's a good reminder that there is a hot war going on, and There's it's still raging. There's a hot war going on, and I didn't leave it alone, Patrick. I said, who are we fighting? And, and how do we know that information? And he said to me, Jim, I've got numerous friends in Long Beach, and some of them frequent coffee houses, little diners, and it is open discussion by the military personnel in their private time that there's a hot war going on and they're participating. He said they're going to Long Beach and they're going underground. Think of it as going down like 50 stories. I'm not talking about 10 feet underground. I'm talking about going down 500 feet. I'm talking about going down a few kilometers. Yeah, I was going to say at least fighting a few a kilometers. War. Fighting a war. Many of the explosions are like five kilometers down because the ground-level geologists do their little seismic. And here's a very interesting piece of information that people need to comprehend. <clears throat> if it's an earthquake, then the oscilloscope will build in its vibrations and disturbances. And they'll get bigger and much bigger, and then there'll be a bang earthquake. So it gradually builds. However, if it's an explosion, it's a big impact followed by the other side oscillations gradually tapering down. Fukushima was the latter, the latter mm -hmm. explosions that tapered down. The scientists were all over it, and they were shut down in Fukushima. They were told, shut up or we will kill you.
called it earthquakes and it wasn't. It was Bush family engineers with micro nuke explosions. All right. Back to Long Beach. I asked, who are we fighting? And the soldiers have said the same thing as what my military sources have said. Mexican cartel soldiers. Not regular Mexico, Mexican military. Mexican cartel soldiers. Chinese soldiers. And you want to take a guess the third one? Non-terrestrials. Cyborgs. Okay. Cyborg soldiers. Made in China. Wow. United States is using Chinese tech, Chinese, which I call it, production centers, and a mix of Chinese and U.S. technology. There's more to say on that, but it's a very dangerous topic if I mention names and companies. But there was an event about six years ago where a certain executive left, and he went to China, and he boasted about the technology advances, and now they have Chinese cyborg military units, call them, not soldiers, but units. They're under Southern California, and they are at the border of Quebec and Maine, another hot war location. This is very difficult for the regular good citizens to comprehend. Very difficult. Do you have any intel on the progress of the underground war from your sources? Only that there are a lot of casualties for the American soldiers, the special forces and Marines. It's in the thousands. And they're being treated with med beds. Now, that's not a progress report as much as it is a flash of reality. Um I cannot say that we're winning. I can say that there was a piece of progress that I heard from numerous. Uh, it's not like 10 or 12. It's like two or three um, sources that we have had great progress in identifying, isolating, locating, and neutralizing underground nuclear devices so that it is no longer a threat for blackmail of the nation. Mm, okay, because I was actually going to – yeah, okay, go ahead. go ahead. The blackmail of the nation, Patrick, right now is is Marburg, the Oba, uh, Ebola small pack, smallpox virus. That's the blackmail. So that's still in play, but they've taken out most of the, or all, hopefully, of the Un underground nukes. Underground, but not the above-ground Chinese container vessels that have missiles at the top level that's not So then presumably, presumably, if, if my line of reasoning is correct here, we're not going to see an EAS, EBS type of scenario until these threats have been neutralized because right. that's the whole point of their right. existence right is that they have the white hats yeah. have to keep the war, the war covert but then we've got the issue of the the election coming up and all of these crazy things on the surface so i mean 
if the war is raging on and all of these threats still exist, and I'm completely on board with that, how does that play out on the surface, especially because we've been talking about the onset of World War III? And of course, this really begs the question, do the White Hats have a response? Do they have a counter attack plan? Is there something here in the works, do you believe? I think the counter to a what I call conflagration is a hidden triumvirate of Chinese President Xi, Russian President Putin, and the U.S. President Trump. And they have a regular and frequent communication and will not permit a conflagration. So my main question is, under what wing does Persia operate? And I believe the answer is China, under Xi. Okay. Um, for, for those who think I misspoke, I said President Trump, and I exactly what I meant to say, President Trump, because right now we've got a very unusual and surprising development that there's an aircraft carrier group. They call them carrier groups because it's an aircraft carrier and on the order of three protective escort destroyers. And they prevent submarine attack and aerial attack. And the admiral in charge of the carrier group has defied the Biden show orders and said, we await orders from the commander in chief, President Trump. It is now out there. Mm -hmm. I'm not making it up. But it's only one carrier group, but a carrier group is like four naval vessels, and they ain't small. They're not little frigates. They're giant destroyers, top of the line, first, what do you call it, state-of-the-art U.S. military vessels. Now, they may have less than world-class defensive measures, but they still have a tremendous amount of hardware and technology. Uh, mm. I hear over and over again, here's another protective, it's not a measure as much as it is a reality. It is a regular and frequent event to hear that the U.S. military has done a war game simulation Every single one for the last 15 years or more has resulted in a U.S. defeat, so we don't go there. Mm -hmm. Okay? When it came to Syria, Syria was a turning point because Syria had all the mix, the Islamic Brotherhood, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Israeli military, and hidden U.S. special forces. And we got our clock cleaned. And the main item was the Russian S-series defensive missiles. And we left, and what we did, U.S.-Israeli US combination, what we did was we made kind of an agreement we're going to fight a guerrilla war. We're going to make it so that aerial reconnaissance or drones won't know who's who. But what they 
fail is in uh, what, in masking is the theft of the oil installations. They're overrun by ISIS for the Israeli benefit, and the oil is being stolen on a rather large scale out of Syria delivered to Israel. If you think that's an anti-Semitic comment, go shove it up your ass. <laughs> um, it's not. It's a military observation. And uh, I left out something. Let's call it item number 10. I left it out out of forgetting because this list was created 24 hours ago during a long conversation with a, a really bright favorite client of mine in the United States. Um, the 10th point is that Israel wants full claim for the Leviathan oil and gas deposit that stretches across five Middle East nations, including a portion of the southern Mediterranean, where the Israelis have a high-tech Tamar platform, T-A-M-A-R. It's state-of-the-art. It's a floating platform, no anchoring to the seabed, and it produces a lot of gas. And you might ask, where's that gas delivered? Into the Gazprom network, the Russian Gazprom network. Yeah. Israel okay. is supplying gas to the Gazprom network, which is in direct violation of all the European sanctions. Can we say exceptional nation? <laughs> can can we say you can't criticize, can't, can't criticize to those who pe people who consider me to be of a certain anti-type, eat a yard of my shit, time will prove that this is a correct observation. So little Palestine has oil and gas rights. If they're eradicated, then their gas rights are eradicated. Okay? Are you with me? I'm not picking to you, Patrick. I'm, oh, I know. I know. I'm just letting you roll. Rhetorically. Of course. Um, yeah, that's item 10. All right? So, you know, I cut my teeth in 2004 with the newsletter. And I quickly, by the end of the year, I wrote an article, what were the motives for the Iraqi war? And I was thinking yesterday in my quiet moments, can I, can I come up with the Iraqi one, two, three, four? Well, let me rattle off a few, okay? Because history repeats itself. War has common hidden motives you can call them ulterior motives. You could call them globalist motives that never reach the MSM news. Okay, let's just rattle off a few from my memory. <clears throat> Number one, Iraq was about to have euro-based oil payments, and that got blocked. We went into Iraq supposedly to stop weapons of mass destruction. We claimed later that there were none. We found none. 
And a remarkable event happened with me in 2009. There were two men. One was not American and the other one was American. They were both from English-speaking countries. We did not end up doing a marketing project for me and the newsletter. I said, thanks, but no thanks. Thanks for showing me your ideas. And I asked one of them, hey, Mike, where'd you come from? And he said, well, I worked for 18 months for Halliburton in Iraq. And we were in weapons of mass destruction discovery, and we found them at 10 different military bases. We vacated them all. We removed the threat. And then came the MSM story that none were found. Okay, so they're, they're, okay, that's a little bit of information to chew on, people. And I said, what can you tell me about the weapons of mass destruction? He said, they all had made in USA. Mm -hmm. Big shock. They were, they were all from the Bush contracts. And I said, were they all maybe directed toward Israel? And that's why we went in there. And he said, yes. <clears throat> okay. The third point. We went in there and we stole all of their central bank gold. I was told that it was something on the order of 50 to 60 metric tons. Okay. Wow. We then told the story. Do you remember the picture of the yellow painted wooden blocks? No, I don't recall that. Okay. That was one of the false stories for the photo ops with the morons running the, the MSM news outlets. <laughs> they, they just eat up bullshit like that. It's, it's plates of bullshit served and swallowed whole. Okay, that, that's a nice little turn of phrase. Okay, so we stole their central bank gold. And now part of the reval for the Iraqi dinar involves restitution. It's a complex issue that I don't wish to pursue here because I'm about to give you item four. Iraq had embarked in recent months with Russian oil contracts. And we wanted to stop all that. So we eradicated the oil contracts. We interrupted the Euro-based Euro oil sales. We stole their gold. And we recovered the weapons of mass destruction made in the United States. And then we saw a really good opportunity for a lot of military contracts for war material and an invasion force and lots of military funding, and it's all good. Okay. We funded more war. Yep. There's an NB that should never be omitted, note bene, note well, that afterwards... We did systematic destruction and called it nation building, <laughs> mm -hmm. followed by reconstruction fund. And that was pretty much all stolen by our elite sweetheart leaders. So five reasons plus a note bene. That's Iraq. Okay.
And, you know, if you look closely at Ukraine, you can come up with a similar list. I call it rhyming. They're not exactly the same. I don't want to get into the list. I don't want to talk about Ukraine. It's coming to an end. They're desperate now to do a surrender. They're desperate. But they made a big mistake in dishonoring the Minsk II agreement. So the Russians are not interested in a surrender agreement. They're interested in a, you could call it a decimation. Okay, let me give a little lesson. Decimation does not mean destruction. Decimation is a term going back to the Roman Empire and the Roman army. In a decimation event, you would take, for instance, a conquered army. Let's just say the Phoenicians. They beat the Phoenicians, and you've got like a 100 different officers of the defeated army. And you pass out marbles. And one out of 10 is black, nine out of 10 is white. And they reach into a bag, these 100 officers, and 10 of them get a black marble and they're executed. That is decimation, one in 10. The decimal system is 10. Decimation is wrecking one-tenth. Whenever they had like a, an army that had a failed mission in Rome, they would tell the soldiers, you've got to go through a decimation process, including your officers. They were given a big bag of marbles and one out of ten was black. And, and the ones who got the, the black marbles were not executed. Maybe some officers were. But the rank-and-file uh, soldiers were told, you are banished from Rome. You must leave Rome and, and live a life of banishment and start up anew, like open up a shop 80 miles away from Rome, and you're a nobody. They don't have ID cards back then, you know what I mean? So they start anew without any, like, passing of the business and wealth from the family. Okay. Um, Ukraine is being decimated. Russia, I, I'm only giving the high level here. I couldn't avoid it. Uh, Russia is not interested in a surrender. They're interested in a Russian declaration of victory. And here are the terms. You can swallow it or we will continue to wreck your country. And I believe it's lasting a long time because in Kiev and under Kiev, are many, many laboratories funded by the U.S. military for bioweapon research. Under Kiev are many nodes for child trafficking and narco trafficking. Under Kiev are slaughterhouses for kids' organs. Under Kiev are baby farms in vitro, thousands of them to make babies that will never see the light of day. And they all are equipped with human organs and a human body. By the way, if you do a chop shop, this is obscene. If you do a chop shop of a human body, the value is a little bit short of $200,000 for the organs. On top of that, under Kiev are adrenochrome harvesting farms. They do not want to kill the civilian population of Kiev, and they're hoping that there is a surrender 
And what I believe is what's going on is the tunnel system under Kiev is being blocked off, so it's being isolated and cannot function properly, <clears throat> but it still can function. I have heard from numerous clients, probably six or seven, in Canada, in the Northeast U.S., in Britain, and in Western Europe. Massive number of Ukrainian immigrants, and most of them are women. I had one client tell me, Jim, I got a buddy. This is way back. This is early in 2022. I got a buddy, Jim, and he volunteered for special forces. And I'm not sure who he's working with, but he won't say. I think it's NATO special forces. He's working in Ukraine. And what he's doing is he's trying to get people, organize them, <clears throat> get little food kitchens in, in like conference centers and sports, you know, like, a, like basketball arenas and little facilities having to do with community centers and schools and universities. And they, they make a food kitchen. He said it's like 200 beds in a big auditorium, constant rotation. They're never there more than about 48 hours. And he said, Jim, what he said is there's a lot of movement. He's seen thousands now move in and out 200 at a time. And 60 to 70 percent of them are women. And he said the other observation he made is these women under 40 years old, they're almost all very attractive women. And they're getting out. And they're going to Toronto, to New York, to London, to Paris, to Madrid. They're getting out. He said two-thirds of them roughly are women. Most of them are attractive. There are not many kids. Mm. They're teenagers with their mothers. You know, like a 35-year-old mother, a 12-year-old kid, stuff like that. Anyway, that was a first-hand item that I got. People, I know why, you can figure out why, but people like to talk to me and share information because I, I get it out there, I, I piece it together, and uh, people need to know. And, and I, I do my best. I do my best, and I get a lot of friends. Uh, help from my colleagues and my friendly clients. Okay, I I'm going to tell you something. I got seven direct clients. I'm sorry, seven direct colleagues have been with me for almost 10 years. I got six or eight other people I call my digital asset group that operate one-on-one -on -one with me. And I've got somewhere between 30 and 70 clients who I call buddy clients. And, and they're like quasi- colleagues they share information with me they ask me what does this mean what do you think and I give my opinion they give me opinion back they say well let me add something to that that I heard that I read or I know somebody who knew something and they share one really weird item that I got was something something from an aerospace engineer and I believe he was working in the space force and he told a lot of different things, and he said, get this to Jim Willie and, and the others on this list. And one of the items was Elon Musk was captured, dealt with, and replaced by the White Hats. Elon Musk, for the purpose of capturing and controlling the Starlink network. What's so important about the Starlink? Well, it's a satellite network over Ukraine for GPS targeting for controlling 
uh, what do you call them? Um, the, the the drone, the drone attack aircraft for um, isolating by GPS artillery strikes, and it's used far more by the Russians. And when I heard that the Russians were using Starlink, and and Cheyenne Mountain was trying to get control of of, of Starlink, and then Elon Musk got replaced, and Tesla was sharing Starlink <clears throat> with Ukraine, I realized that the criticism was not that he was sharing it with Ukraine, he was sharing it with Russia. That's right. Okay. Which tells me that the White Alliance is working with Russia, and we're not going to have a, nu a nuclear war, and Russia never took the bait. Okay, that's my quick overview of of of, um, of Ukraine and their infrastructure is wrecked, uh, their population is disheveled. Uh, there are now women being recruited into the military. There are men over 40 years of age recruiting. There, there's a new term. It's called a meat meat wave. M E A T. It's like a bonsai suicide charge. Meat wave. And and one of the collusion organizing agents and instructors and officials for this is Zelensky and his top military. They're engineering meat waves. They're eradicating their male population. They are sending them into suicide meat waves where 95% of them are killed quickly. This is unconscionable and it will not last much longer and the Russians eliminated a lot of the money laundering. <clears throat> and that got interrupted by the Congress. No more Ukrainian aid. So now they're lumping it in with Israeli aid. They needed a new war. Oh, we went full, we went full circle. Beautiful. Full circle. Beautiful. Well, you know, we've been on now for about two hours, Jim. And I know you've been absolutely on fire tonight. You must be exhausted, my friend. You, you, you laid out. I get brilliant tired. analysis on just about every topic that I was going to ask you about. I mean, we must be connected telepathically or something. I, I don't even have to ask the questions. You're already answering them. So thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Anything else you want to leave the audience with? Tell them a little bit about Golden Hype and Jackass. And, uh, I need I ahead. need support. I need support. I, I'm, I actually said to a sweetheart today, I'd get more respect if I wore a military uniform and I had some medals like a purple heart and it got a blank response um, I'm in a war zone it's a hidden war it's a war my father did not recognize he called me unpatriotic it's because he wasn't aware I am grateful I, I want to be balanced here. I am very grateful to my father. I loved my father. My father taught me how to throw a curveball. <laughs> mm -hmm. My father was involved with me in archery. I built a crossbow with him. He let me continue. I, I designed the trigger mechanism out of one-inch thick plexiglass. Um, my father help me with little experiments like I said dad you know 
here I am like two months into my into my senior year physics class. Let's do an experiment down by the uh, by what do you call it? the driver's the driver's lesson yard. It's a big one acre yard uh, on off Washington Boulevard in Pittsburgh. And what we did was I, I shot an arrow straight up in the air. And and we kept, we we timed how many seconds to come down. And it was about eight seconds. And I said, here, Dad, I got the formula. I'll work it out. And I could tell how, how high it went based on how many seconds. You know, that, that's just fun, low-level physics, Newtonian physics. And my dad was always there for me. <clears throat> my dad took us to pirate games, Pittsburgh Pirate. He must have chauffeured me 150 games with my brother. We saw Roberto Clemente. I, his entire career of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I saw two World Series games. My father taught me to be a good student. And I I left him behind in mathematics. I did not want to pursue a literary career. <clears throat> My brother did a compromise career in law, and he regretted it. It was partly from pressure from my father. So what I did was something clever regarding my dad. I I never got an A in English. <laughs> I didn't do I didn't do all the work. So that was another thing that I kind of sabotaged in my high school career. And I would have finished higher if I read all the books. <laughs> I didn't read them all. I was busy with my math and physics and chemistry and <clears throat> other stuff. I liked biology, but I wasn't great in it. It's not mathematical. It's very what's the word? It's all based on memorization, really. From well, what I remember no. from high school. Well, biology is, it's not linear. It's not mathematical. It's intuitive. It's, 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 it's right brain. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm a left brain creature, but I got a, I got a pretty decent right brain side. I developed it in graduate school. Anyway, my dad taught me to be a good student. My dad supported me with indirectly after the fact seed capital for my newsletter. I'm talking about over $20,000. He said, Jim, I don't understand all you're doing, but I want to I want to help you. I want it to be successful. I want you to do well and be happy. I want you to do well and be happy, even though I don't know exactly what you're doing. I try to teach him about bonds, interest rate policy, completely forget it. Forget it. Forget about it. <clears throat> anyway, my dad taught me to be a good student, Patrick. And what got interesting is that it developed my critical thinking, which he did not have. He said, you obey your commanding officer. You obey your political leaders. You obey your security officers. I said, not when they're involved with narcotics, Dad. What? You have no proof of that. Not when they're involved in killing Kennedy. What? You have no proof of that. And then later, it was not when they're involved in hitting the Pentagon <clears throat> and a World Trade Center bank heist. What? You can't prove that. Okay. Anyway, that's where we broke. We broke because I was doing critical thinking and <clears throat> a remarkable early development difference took place. That's true of a lot of people in my generation with respect to their own parents. Like my father, their parents had a World War II indoctrination. 
education, experience. I had a Vietnam, and I had a friend that I made on a Lake Chautauqua two-week vacation in mid-New York State, and I was 16. And and it was an interesting two weeks. We did not have a motorboat, but they did. <laughs> and I <clears throat> I went skiing. I had two or three little skiing outings, water skiing. Um, anyway, this the lad was 23 years old <laughs> and over, you know, iced tea, sitting on a bench, looking at the lake, watching ducks, etc. He gave me an education about what Vietnam was. And I tried to share with my father when I was 16. He said, Jim, I, I'm not interested in that. It's a word to combat communism. I said, Dad, that's a party line. But what about all the kickbacks to the senators? What about the lobbyists? What about all the huge military contracts for Sikorsky helicopters? What about Agent Orange and all the experimentals? And later I learned about what about the Cambodian triangle for the heroin? I didn't learn about that till I was midway through college. <clears throat> My dad didn't buy that anyway, either. He said, Jim, I, that's a serious accusation. You have no proof of that. I said, Dad, uh, we got the movie with Mel Gibson called Air America. And uh, if you do a little research, which you don't, you'll learn about the abandonment of the Hmong tribe, H-M-O-N-G, that assisted us in capturing the Cambodia Triangle. And then we left them all abandoned to be killed. He said, we well, have no proof of that. I said, no, I know, Dad, but you have no curiosity. <clears throat> anyway, we had a break. We had a break after 9-11. I bought the 9-11 story, Patrick, for about two months. And then I thought, this doesn't make any sense. A bunch of kids and a Boeing aircraft, that doesn't make any sense. And then soon afterwards, it was not long. We had the airline pilot simulation test where not even 5% passed the test of crashing into the World Trade Center coming in at 500 miles an hour. And I thought, okay, I'm convinced this is an inside job. <clears throat> it's probably about, I don't know what it's about. It, it's to make a reason for war to go after Iraq. I, I don't know. Probably that, Afghanistan too. I mean, a bunch of, a bunch of ragheads operating out of a, out of a, a bunch of caves in, in Afghanistan. I don't buy it. Sorry, I don't buy it. <clears throat> and then I followed, by 2003, I, I knew what was going on with Iraq. I knew. And in 2004, I wrote the article about my, what was it, six reasons for war in Iraq. And right now we're doing a tremendous amount of backpedaling. Are right, you asked for a closing and I, I, I didn't. Well, you just really... keep dropping bombs on us, so I just let you talk, you know. But <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know I, you, I you, you've been, you've been amazing these, tonight. You really these are, have. Uh, these are incredibly dangerous and ugly times. Yep. Um, it's the Golden Hyphen Jackass website. Uh, There's going to be a link in the description, folks. So you can just click the link. Golden Hyphen Jackass.com. I'm in my twentieth year now. The longest corporate employment I had was 13 years. It was two jobs at Digital Equipment Corp. It was almost five years at Staples. 
I loved both jobs, but digital, the second job with marketing research, that was the creme de la creme. Um, golden-jackass.com, I'm a shop of one, but I'm a team of about 15 colleagues and about 50, just roughly 50 field agents that I call buddy clients. And I'm not alone. I got a lot of boots on the ground. I have two indirect boots on the ground at the Iraqi Central Bank. So I know more than a little bit about the reval. It will happen. If it doesn't, woe to the United States for a global embargo. It will happen, the reval. They're now on step 10 out of 10. Um, sign up for the newsletter. That is my stock and trade. That is my main item. It's over 90% of my efforts. Um, it's, it's a big newsletter. It's over 40 pages. Uh, many people say, Jim, I, I only read like three or four chapters of it. Well, fine. Read what interests you. You know, when I bought the New York Times or when I bought more often the Boston Globe when I was in Boston for 20 years, I didn't read every section. I read the business section. I read the front section. I read the sports section. I take a look into the culture and the, you know, the food section a little bit. Look at a, maybe a, a recipe here and there, but not much. I didn't cook much. But it was sports, business, politics, and main news. I didn't read the rest. It made a pile that I sent to the recycling center every three or four months when it got to be thigh high. I didn't buy the paper every day. I bought the Sunday Globe, Boston Globe. And it's turned into a liberal rag, just like the Washington Post. Um, okay, so, you know, the newsletter... I let it expand into the health area in 2020 and 21 because that was interwoven with the economy to lock down and suffer the effects of supply chain shortage and price inflation. And then you had the COVID stimulus for the financial sector. So the health and, and the medical became interwoven. And now one of the greatest ironies in modern history has taken place, we now have the medical set sector through their lockdowns. They have destroyed the banking sector. So that's a two-headed fascist snake. The bankers and the doctors, and the doctors killed the bankers. But the bankers have an unlimited supply of money, and as Chris Marcus of Arcadia likes to show, his little spinning propeller for the Bernanke helicopter. And he says, they're just spewing out $100 bills. And I joked with him and said, yeah. And he's defecating silver coins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the doctors killed the banks. And because of the 18-month non-disclosure for the COVID stimulus, two bills of $9 trillion, they can't do it again. Because people know that it's just big bank welfare in the trillions. Okay, well, that was to compensate for, you know, lost revenue on mortgages. Well, now the people have a mortgage problem. The bankers have a, a household mortgage problem and a commercial mortgage problem. They're compensating by stealing commercial properties with the collusion of not 
doing a what do you call it? Um, it when you continue a mortgage. Um, oh shoot. When you run out of time on your mortgage and you need to rework your mortgage with a continued. Uh, mm, I, I wish think, I could help you out. I, can, I don't know. I can't think of the name. Um, it's a continuation of, of a mortgage. You, you rewrite and redo your mortgage. Um, I'll think of it later. I, I always do. But the banks are not continuing. They're not reworking the mortgages. They're not. Oh, I'm back of my mind is struggling. I can't think of the word. There's a verb. Can't think of it. So instead, the bankers are saying, look, let's get together and decide on which large property we want to steal. No one will do the continued mortgage. Damn, I can't think of it. I, it's very frustrating. I, I get I get a little bit compulsive now and again, but uh, I can live with it. And I'll, I'll I'll write you an email later, but it won't be on the I'm trying to show. I'm trying to look it up, but I don't know if I'm going to be successful. Um, it's a continuation of a mortgage. You run out of this. It's only a seven year mortgage, typically for commercial. Um, and they, they they rework it. They continue it. I can't think of it. Um, so the bankers are in trouble. And it, it's really much pretty much all banks, the largest, the regionals and the small. They all have commercial mortgages and they're all in trouble. Um, credit unions are the safest. Anyway, back to the newsletter. Golden hyphen jackass, the, the newsletter subscription is, is the stock and trade um, more activity in the last year and a half than ever for the consults I've done over 620 of them Patrick and, and it's really quite amazing um, I, I've met a lot of very kind people I've met a number of Christian people and we share our faith in the Lord Jesus they have helped me they have said look you are a Christian warrior and I support you um, Amen. and and some people were not very wealthy, and they, they supported me with the sponsor button hit, which is a 1,000 or more. Uh, I've got supporters who are Christians. I've got supporters who are truth warriors. And uh, <clears throat> so I've got the console button. I've got the sponsor button. Donations are also there. That's with PayPal, which is you know not my favorite organization after their censorship policy. Um, so sign up for the newsletter. And more, it's, I'd say it's happened about a dozen times in the last several months. People have signed up for the newsletter and done a consult. They mm -hmm. said, I, I, want, I want you to explain to me uh, what's in some of the previous newsletters so that I can go back and you give me a guide and we can talk about the present, talk about some of my current challenges. That's a nice combination, a subscription with a consult. Um, I've had numerous people. Probably 40 people do more than one consult, spaced apart, several weeks, several months. My my, I call her Sweet Pea, and if she's seeing this, she'll giggle. She's in Texas. She's done six consults. Um, she's got the record. And I, I make I make buddy clients that way because she's told stories about the Texas property market. And I, they, they get filed away in my little noggin. Mm -hmm. um, I can imagine. All right. Well, all right. Well, look, right, this yeah. has been, it's been great. It's been great. Absolutely. Patrick, and um, I appreciate your time and your support and your exposure. And uh, I give you a lot of credit. Um, we're in well, war. I give you all the credit, my friend. I mean, I just laid out a question and you just rolled on for two and a, I mean, over two hours. Just absolutely brilliant. And you just, 
covered everything. You really did. So thank you for coming on the show. It's an honor. I didn't get too much finance, but I'll tell you this about the bricks. My closing point. Their love fest and their unity has been somewhat interrupted. But individually, the BRICS nations are continuing to de-dollarize. For sure. And I Mm -hmm. got a forecast. They're not going to do Operation Fan Man. They're not going to do a 24 to 48 hour dumping of $2 trillion worth of treasury bonds. They're watching the crisis that has resulted in Japan. They've got an unending crisis in Japan. It is now very visible. So what the BRICS nations are going to do is continue on their individual courses of de-dollarizing, which Japan is doing without application to the BRICS. Japan is de-dollarizing, selling treasuries, buying gold as reserves. They're They're doing everything a BRICS nation does, right? The question is, are they going to actually be a BRICS nation? Because that would be huge. they're, They're going to later become a BRICS nation in name after being a BRICS nation in policy. But the point is that the the BRICS nations are continuing to de-dollarize. And on the other side, there's a massive dumping of treasury bonds that has not been interrupted and might get worse from U.S. support of Israel. Might get worse. All right. Well, let's put a pin in that and let's have you back on and – as soon as I can get you, Jim, I'd love to have you back on. You're amazing. Golden-jackass.com, folks. The link's going to be right in the description. And a reminder, check out PatriotUndergroundGold.com as well. And the, there are a bunch of other links in the description. I recommend, folks, check them all out. Jim Willie, God bless everybody. Thank you for listening. I'll be back soon with another report. Until then, Patriot out.